this has the, the opportunity for the greatest turnaround in college football exists here today, and it's not one to be taken lightly. will field it at the 5, to the 10, pass the numbers to the 20, 25, look out, 30. He's at the 40, to the midfield strike, to the 40, down the far sideline, 10, 5, to the house, Wildcat touchdown for Tremaine Thompson. Welcome to Bring on the Podcast. Here's your host, A. Hernali. Hello and welcome to Bring on the Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Thompson, and Adam Stewart is joining us for the first time. Adam, how you doing? Doing pretty good today. Yeah, good to have you on. And our guest today that to help us kind of talk about the spring game is K-State Collegian Sports Editor, DeAndre Allen. DeAndre, good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be here, Luke. Yeah, this might be our last podcast until August. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. If anybody has any ideas for podcasts, we're, we're happy to hear them, but... Anyway, figured we should talk a little bit about K-State football. So, DeAndre, you were the only one of us three that watched the spring game. What were your, your key takeaways from what you saw yesterday? Uh, so the biggest thing that I was looking for going into there was looking at special teams and how the offense would change with Dimmel gone and how our defense would change. And it actually wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm interested though, like, and I know there's some talk about this. Uh, are we really gonna? See, I mean, how much of the playbook are we gonna see in a spring game? How much? Uh, yeah, that's on? something that I was thinking about too. Because from what I saw, you know, the tight ends are playing a big part of the offense once again, and so I think that's gonna be something that Andre Coleman showed a lot. And if that's any indication going forward, then that might be something that's gonna be a big game changer going up. Are you suggesting Kansas State might pass to tight ends next season? Well, so basically what was happening is that I would kind of describe K-State using these two as more of an H-back than a full-end or a tight end. Mm-hmm. And so they'll also be joined the quarterback and running back in the field. But they haven't used the tight ends in the past game for quite some time. Right. And passing them and the use of the H-back can cause a lot of problems for the defense. And that might happen if it keeps going on like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, you know, we talked a little bit before coming on. We don't want to certainly take too much away from the spring game and all that. And especially the quarterbacks, we certainly learned in the past that spring game doesn't mean a whole lot. These guys put up ridiculous stats every year. But, you know, did you learn anything about the, the quarterback battle yesterday? Out of all of them, I would say that Skyler stood out to me a little bit more. Hunter Hall actually stepped up a lot as well. I think he had the longest throw, which was like 45 yards, 46 yards. Hmm. But Skyler, he got a lot of snaps in there. He was starting. But what was funnier is in the press conference, they were talking about how Colin Klein basically flipped the coin to <laughs> decide who would start. <laughs> yeah, after, after the end of uh, last season, 
I, I think that's all you could really do at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys have any preference on who you'd want to see? Well, if Delton can keep up in the passing game, I think his his ability to really change the game with his legs is a bit of an advantage. But we also don't want to see another quarterback get just driven into the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. Because you guys, I don't know if you read uh, Ian Boyd's piece that he wrote about K-State and running quarterbacks and kind of how that is by necessity a part of Kansas State's identity. And people, he argues that people don't realize, you know, how much K-State would suffer if they were to go away with that and how vital it is to their offense being successful just with the types of kids that, that you're able to recruit to Kansas State or that Bill Snyder has recruited. You know, do you think, is there a viable path forward without the QB run being a major part of the offense? I don't know. I, I'm not an expert in it. But I think the quarterback run game can be an important part of the offense without being the backbone of the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I guess I mean we kind of saw that during the Jake Waters years, right? Like he wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Jake Waters had the advantage of having you know a, an absolutely transcendent receiver with Tyler Lockett and a really good possession receiver to go along with him. Right. Right. That's true. Sure, exactly. But yeah, Jake Waters showed that it it certainly can be done. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre, as you know, Bill Snyder, anybody just given any indication that QBs might not get as many carries this year? What's your sense on that? Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of talk on that. It's just basically figuring out where the pieces fit. So it doesn't sound like Snyder set in stone. It doesn't sound like any of the offensive coordinators have said anything to Snyder to indicate that they have a full-on set forth idea of who was going to be the starting QB. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I think we got to think about is, is this is arguably, I think, the best group of running backs that K-State's had in, in quite a few years. Just all the options, you know, how much does that help sort of take some pressure off the quarterbacks? Yeah, I think it can help a lot of the pressure because, you know, Alex Barnes, he had 98 yards for a game, and I think he only lost four. And he did carry in a touchdown yesterday, so he might be a key in helping that pressure get off of the quarterbacks, ultimately. Right. And then, I mean, a lot of people were talking about Mike McCoy maybe being poised for a breakout year. I think a lot of us remember that time he ran over a Charlotte defender. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't be too excited from one play, but certainly there's some potential there from him. Do you think he's a candidate for a breakout year? Oh, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it always seems like we have a, a second or third back who who has a bit of a breakout year but is underutilized, mm-hmm. like Barnes is a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I always forget he's a freshman sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, what do you think about getting the, the backs involved in the passing game? And I feel like that's a, that's a spot where Dalvin Warmack could really shine. You know, get him in space. I think we could see yeah, Dalvin, uh, Dalvin didn't have, you know, I think he has a good chance to get back in that spotlight and come back up and yeah. start something new. Yeah. Yeah, we really haven't used the the halfback in the in the passing game much, probably since Sproles, really. Yeah. 
because we've we've relied on the halfback so much to be an extra, you know, chip blocker. Right. And then I wonder also with Luke Winston Jimmo gone and then Dana gone, maybe there's fewer fullback carries and more of those go to the tailbacks. Is that a fair assumption? I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. I certainly I certainly don't think we're going to see the the workload going to the fullback that there has been in recent years. Yeah. Who is it? Is it Luke Sawa? Is that the is he the fullback now? Yeah, I believe so. I I think it's either Soa or Swa. There's no pronunciation oh. in the media guides, <laughs> so your your assumptions as good as mine. Okay, that's tough. Maybe he'll be like Jara, where nobody really knows how to pronounce his name for half the season, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> so there, there's a, a football topic that um, I'm kind of interested to talk about, but I've, I've kind of lost track. Maybe you've already discussed it on the the podcast uh, is the new kickoff rule. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested in delving into that. I think teams being able to take a touchback anywhere inside the 25, it hurts our coverage team a lot more than our kickoff team, than our return team. Mm -hmm. Because that's something that we've really, that Sean Snyder has done a really good job of is you know getting those those kickoffs where we pin opponents pretty deep mm-hmm. and now the only way to really get that is for the return team to be kind of stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> and DeAndre I know I saw the quote from Bill Snyder about where he was a supporter of the rule because he's all about player safety and all this I mean did he go into any more depth on that? Did he talk about what their strategy might be and how that might change or anything? You know, Snyder is, he's very bland at first, <laughs> unless you start getting them a, a wild up. <laughs> yeah, so. I think, in a way, it could actually be good for our return team, because I suspect opponents won't put nearly as much effort into the kick coverage side of things, so we might you know, yeah. see a few returns where we catch it and could take a touchback, but we see a, a sort of lackadaisical coverage and are able to to really make some some hay there. That's a good point. Speaking of the return team, who are the returners going to be? Obviously, Reed and Ringle gone. They got spots to fill. Right. Yeah. You know, I was looking right like yesterday that Zuber's probably gonna take that over if that's anything of an indication. He was back there a lot and I think I I don't think he picked up that many yards, to be honest with you, but he looked like he was the one that was in there in the back for the most part of the game. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could see him being successful back there. I think he's got the tools. Always takes a little bit of time, but um, I guess while we're on the topic of special teams, uh, we should probably talk about the kicking game. I hear it was um, not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, two out of three field goals were missed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick McClellan was the first one to miss. He missed a 39-yarder. And then Jake Roark missed a 48-yarder. And Andrew Hicks got 44 yards down. Okay. Well, that's good, I guess. Would you consider it a possibility that they'd go out and try to get a, a Juco kicker or something like that? You know, maybe that is a possibility. Maybe that's what they're looking at. Andrew Hicks, he was also doing the kickoffs as 
well. Blake Lynch and Jake Roark did as well, but Andrew Hicks looks like he's got a pretty good leg them. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, it would be... I don't know. I guess it's been a little bit shakier on kicker in some of recent years, but it seems like so many years Kansas State has had great kickers. It would be it would be sad to, to see a K-State team without a good kicker. Yeah. Yeah. It, especially coming off of having McCrane. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, they'll stick with the offense a little bit. I mean, the offensive line with Dalton Reisner coming back, it's going to be more or less the same. Probably a, a lot expected from that group, right? Is there anything, any big changes we should be aware of there? You know, there's probably going to be a little bit of a change in the lineup, but yesterday it seemed like, you know, it looks like Dalton and Sam Sizelove were leading it around, and I think that they might be really good at doing that. It's going to probably change a little bit by the time that we get to regular season, but yesterday it didn't look too bad, honestly. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I, I think there's going to be high expectations for that group, so and there should be, so that's, that's a good sign. It might even, I don't know, it might lead K-State to, to lean more on the running game with that group leading the way. Mm-hmm. And, but, it, you know, they do try to go past the receivers. It seems like, I don't know, every year we have this conversation about, oh, Andre Coleman says the wide receivers are great. And, you know, sometimes they are, but most of the time they don't live those expectations. And, and, and some of that's on the quarterbacks, too. Like, I don't want to just blame the receivers here. But, you know. If, if, Bri- if uh, Byron Pringle just hadn't had his case of the drops yeah. last season... I feel like last year's receiving core, you could say, was was pretty good. Yeah, I think that's true. And it got, mm-hmm. got better as the year went on, for sure. It'll be, it'll be good. Um, you think, I mean, has Dalton shown good enough to be a, a Big 12 number one receiver and get that kind of attention from other teams? You know, I think he has potential. I feel like he's still learning a little bit. But, you know, he, he's been explosive. When he was coming in, he made a ruckus. And, you know, yesterday he got, I think, a total of 40 yards on just, I think it was one. And so he did pretty good for having come in and, you know, having to go on without Pringle and Reed. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was doing pretty good. I would say so, for sure. And then Duke Shelley, he's emerged as a leader totally for the defense as well. Yeah. And and he'll probably step up as well. Yeah, I hope so. So sticking with the receivers, I guess, uh, you know, Isaiah Harris and Isaiah Zuber are probably kind of the the two and three guys, most likely in there. Um, Seems like they could be reliable. Zuber obviously became a lot more reliable as the season went on. Yeah, I I kind of expect Zuber to to become a featured part of the offense this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I feel like he's going to take he's going to take some good passes as he goes throughout the season for sure. How much do you think we'll hear announcers talk about Dalton Schoen's sneaky speed? Seems like a great candidate for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at least once again, right? Uh, as long as he's got a, a long <laughs> catch, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, and what about, you know, there are some, some new faces out there. Um, I guess I think that Shabastin Taylor and the Landry Weber both played yesterday and caught some passes. You know, are there any guys DeAndre UC is capable of having a breakout year that we don't know a lot about right now, wide receiver? I mean, 
I think everybody's catching on that Taylor's going to be coming in there. He's going to be throwing punches for sure. Him and Weber, they looked pretty good yesterday. I was really impressed with Taylor overall. What I mean, what what does he bring? What do you like about he, him? He is a great receiver, and he was just in the places where he needed to be at the right time. Like he was there even when they probably didn't really expect him to be there. He received 118 yards yesterday for all purpose, and he did amazing. I thought he did probably the best out of the receivers that I saw because he was always just right there, and he was in the best places at the right time. Yeah, is he the one that's a former walk-on? So really we haven't heard much about him. Yeah, he was a walk-on. I believe he was red-shirted last year. Did you hear about how uh, Snyder mistaken Strickland for him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was pretty <laughs> Didn't funny. catch that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that happened about the first spring game press conference, and he was referring to Carlos Strickland, but it was actually Sebastian Taylor. <laughs> and, you know, we're all very confused, but then we realized uh-huh. it was him. We put two in together, and we saw, saw him in auction, and he did great. Uh-huh. I bet there were some fun conversations around the media room about that. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we're all very confused. And so, you know, it comes out about the last 20 minutes of the press conference that, oh, oh you know, it wasn't Strickland, it was Taylor. And we're all just kind of looking around like, well, and then you can use your imagination when that conversation went off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's, how's Bill doing? Does he seem like he's still sharp? He's still got it? Other way, other than yeah. that? <laughs> I would say so, besides, you know, that little thing, but uh-huh. he's, he's been doing pretty good so far. Yeah. It's a real shame that we don't get to hear from Colin Klein. I think that would be a lot of fun to hear from him as a new offensive coordinator, but mm-hmm. obviously not given the opportunity. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. Switch over to the defense a little bit. I mean, uh, start with the leaders you mentioned, Duke Shelley. Um, I would assume Reggie Walker will be in that group. Uh, Kendall Adams didn't play yesterday, but he he's obviously a veteran. Does Snyder feel good about the leadership of that group? Yeah, it seems like he's pretty confident with that. Adams is still healing up from his injury, and so I think once he gets back, that's going to be a big swing coming in. And you know, I do think that K State probably has a pretty good chance to have a great defense because they have shown a lot of confidence so far coming forward. Yeah. And I know, I mean, there was some chatter I, I saw from people watching the game that the defense wasn't all that impressive, but I don't, I mean, that happens every year, I feel like. I'm not sure we can take anything from that, but were there any standout individual performances that, that you saw? Well, you know, Duke Shelley did, uh, did do pretty good. He probably had the most plays that I saw were you know significant Mm -hmm. and so I looked a lot at him honestly because he showed a lot of confidence going forward and you know with Kendall still with that Achilles injury and we're just waiting for him to come back I think he sold the show Mm -hmm. and what about I mean with Kendall Adamson and Duke Shelley back there do you think we'll see any change to the, the kind of the bend but don't break break approach in the secondary you know, that's a possibility. I haven't heard a whole lot about that yet. I bet you there'll be more that comes out over the summer. But, you know, I do think that there's probably a very good chance that the secondary will maybe shift around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive, but I don't know. What, what, what do you think, Adam? What would you like to see, you know, from this defense? Kind of what are your expectations? 
my expectations are, are you know, that things will continue to be fairly similar. You know, it's, it's not like we've had a, a big infusion of four-star talent on the defense <laughs> in the last couple of years. So I, I expect you know, Snyder to maintain a, a mostly the conservative, keep the opponents in front of you defense where you know, we just make them chip their way down the field and just challenge them to go, you know, 15 plays without making a mistake. Yeah. And really, I mean, the, the best news for the defense might be that all those quarterbacks that graduated across the Big 12, like you've got Will Greer, but then after that, it's, it's not a lot of proven guys. So maybe things will be a little easier for them this season. We will see, I guess. As far as the new guys, I mean, linebackers were certainly an issue last year as a big concern. Um, DeAndre, what have you seen or heard about uh, from Daquan Patton and what, what he could bring? Well, you know, last year when I saw him during spring game, a lot of people talked about him. And so that wasn't any difference for this spring game either. You know, he was talked about highly. It seemed like he was very respected by his teammates because a lot of people talked about him in a high matter and talked about his humbleness and I think he has the potential to rise above as well on the linebacker stance because, you know, they're getting ready to have some people graduate out after this upcoming season. And I think that Patton would probably take over that leadership there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I mean, another big thing that would help the, the secondary is if K-State could improve its pass rush. Uh, how does this group make that happen? Who, who would need to step up? I would say that, you know, with people like Patton, who's a – dynamic linebacker and he did pretty well I think at community college he was an all-american so I think that once they find their rhythm with the new coordinators and with each other that they're going to be very explosive as they go forward you know and maybe this year that'll be that year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that year would be nice well see I don't know it'll be it'll be interesting I don't know what do you think the expectations are around the program right now like Seems like maybe just uh, you know middle of the Big Twelve, and maybe if things fall right and guys don't get hurt, then they can make a run at the top of the league. Is that kind of the sense you're getting? I think from what I've heard overall is that the expectations for K State sports overall is going to be pretty high mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve, and mm-hmm. I think that they both football and every other athletic program right now has the chance to get a lot of respect next year. So it's going to be something that once that that first ball gets kicked off for those first games, they're going to have probably some pretty high expectations and look forward to see what happens. And then it's going to see what happens going forward and how people change and go ahead and move on with the program. Yeah. The way I see things, you know, I kind of, um, my expectation is probably a seven or five, seven and five or eight and four regular season. If we get to nine wins next year uh, in the regular season, I'll, I'll be pretty surprised and pretty happy about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that one for sure. DeAndre, you did mention um, other programs. So real quick, I want to touch on something. Adam, you, I need you to help me with this. Um, the baseball team, obviously, struggling. And I, I see the stuff in the comments about calling it Fort Sphere, and I, I – I try to follow along generally in this late episode, but I think I must have missed how that came about and what exactly that Can you explain that? What's going on? I think it was just a joke, you know, 
to find a way to not talk about baseball when baseball is having a really rough stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Just refer to Fort Sphere and move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have to say it for anybody else. Like, some of these games, you know, they're being pretty rough. I don't think people had necessarily, like, extremely high expectations. But, you know, there was some things where, you know, losing to Texas Tech on the second game <laughs> of the series, 6-26, to 26, that was something that you kind of just raise your eyebrows over. Because mm-hmm. I think they ended up getting, like, a total of 51 runs, 57 yeah, runs, something like that. It was not good. Yeah, and so our baseball team really needs to reevaluate something. Mm-hmm. It is worth noting they did beat West Virginia today. That's true. Seven to four. Avoided the sweep against the worst team in the league, so that's something. <laughs> yeah. Well, second worst team. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you yeah, they play out. Omaha on Wednesday, I believe, and so that'll be another test for them because. Earlier this season, we did win 3-0, but will they be able to carry that momentum to this game and beat them again? Yeah. And will it matter? Or will anyone care? But anyways. <laughs> but yeah, and with, combine that with the Royals. It's been a, been a rough start to baseball season. But hey, Salvi's coming back this week, so yeah. you know, a little yeah. bit of reason for optimism. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. And uh, Moustakas is mashing, so uh, hopefully he'll yeah. have some good trade value for the Royals. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, I'm just taking every little victory I can with the Royals, <laughs> yeah. uh, including you know, including cheering for Moose to get the payday next off season that he should have got this off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would agree. Well, DeAndre, I guess, but before we let you go, there has been. Um, since our last podcast, quite a bit of movement on the basketball transfer and recruiting front. I guess at, at this point, it's safe to assume that the K-State's looking for someone to fill Brian Patrick's spot and probably someone in that small forward position. Yeah, I would say so. That was, you know, there's been a lot of changes over there between the whole Mod Wainwright and then Barry Brown going to the draft without an agent. And then, you know, Brian Patrick decides to leave three days ago. After two seasons, so I believe that you know, K State basketball might have a whole new look once they figure out who's going to fill that forward position. Yeah, well, just to, I don't want to scare people too much. So, I mean, we should note that Barry Brown's got it's what until mid-May or something to pull his name out, and unless there's some new information that's come forward, I, I, I would still think he's going to be coming back, right? I would say so. Yeah, I. Don't see any reason why he wouldn't. But, you know, maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. But I guess time will tell on that one. Yeah, yeah and unless he has a, a personal reason he needs to get into the workforce and start making money, mm-hmm. I kind of expect him to be back because he's not grading out as a first-rounder as, as far as I have any idea. Unless he really shows um, out at the combine. And, it, and if you're if you're a second round, you know, if you're forecasted as a second-round pick, especially a late second-round pick, He's better off coming back for another season. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. Probably beyond anything else going on in K-State sports we should talk about. I mean, we basically touched everything from basketball to baseball and a little bit of football. Yeah. You know, there's nothing too crazy going on right now. Unless you want to talk about soccer, then, you know. (laughs) I guess. And 
soccer, the big thing is they finally got a couple of their spring games in. Okay. After having two or three canceled because of weather. Right. I guess there are probably some people in the blog who would get mad at us if we didn't at least give a shout out to the track team and especially the women's track team and the success they're having. So, uh, you know, been trying to pay a little more attention to them. I think things are going pretty well over there, it seems like. I don't know how much attention yeah, they're doing that an exception. Yeah. yeah. That's good. They've had enough of an improvement in the in the track events that they have a decent shot at defending their their conference title, right? Yeah, like they've been doing amazing so far, especially the women. I don't know if you guys followed too much, but Nina Schultz has been right. going uh, going great over there. Right. And she was the one who got second at the Commonwealth Games, is that right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. And then she was also just the athlete of the week for yeah. the women's national athlete of the week. Forgot the acronym. It's like you know, it was like the US Track and Field Cross Country Coaches Association. She's doing great. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure Texas is going to be tough to beat because they always are, especially in the sprint events and some of those. But I, it seems like Kansas State's in the mix, so that's always. A good yeah, thing. they're doing great so far. Mike, uh, the coverage for our sports desk so far has been basically all centered around track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you gotten out to any baseball games this year? Or? Um, I've been out to a couple, about four, I believe, when they're all home. I'll be going out this weekend, so we'll see how the, they play against Baylor. So, you know, we already talked about baseball. We know how that's going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was uh, present for the UNO win, and I was also there for, you know, a couple of the TCU games. So it's it's going. Uh, maybe it'll change pace. Maybe it'll continue the way it is, but that's something we'll have to see. Yeah. Have more wins and more conference wins than Iowa State does. Yep. <laughs> Win, winning the Farmageddon rivalry in baseball, at least. <laughs> this is true. There yes. Uh, well, Deandre, I guess before we let you go, just um, you know, anything that, that we can look forward to from the Collegian staff coming up? Any features, anything you're working on? Right now, because of, you know, this guy named Luke Thompson. I am doing a feature on Iowa baseball's lack of team. <laughs> All right. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm glad you so like that idea. Should be fun. We do have yeah. that coming. So I think I'll probably go up the week after this upcoming one. And okay. I do have some people out for track and field profiles to wrap up the year. Our last day of publishing is May 4th before we go into summer. Okay. And then we'll see how that transitions over and if anything happens over the summer. All right. Well, I'll look forward to, to reading that story about Iowa State baseball for sure. So. Oh, I'll tag you in on Twitter. You know it will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, DeAndre, thanks so much for coming on. And um, remind people where they can follow you on Twitter. It's actually my name. So it's okay. at D-E-A-U-N-D-R-A-A-L. Uh, so DeAndre L. And that's the easiest way to find me on Twitter. All right. Sounds good. And then it's just is it com. Right. that's correct no hyphens or anything all right sounds good well thanks for coming on we appreciate it anytime yeah yeah, yeah. have a good uh, evening so yeah. yeah you too thanks. 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 Thanks.